Welcome to RPG A Day 2020. Thank you, Liren. Close. Now, before we get started, here's some effing and jeffing from Andy Goodman. Hello, Spencer. Don't half now nah, I make a man feel both simultaneously good and guilty. Fuck's sake, mate. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, because I, I am just starting a new Cthulhu game, but it, it's not at any time that you'll be able to play. Oh, man. And seriously, the thought of being on anyone's bucket list is, is quite something. I never thought it would be um, a middle-aged... British expat living in Scotland, but, you know, beggars can't be choosers, eh? (laughs) Um, I am going to run a UK-friendly Time Caller Cathedral game very soon, Spencer, and you are in seat number one, mate. Right, this is from memory, so I'll probably get it wrong. A child is born with no state of mind, blind to the ways of mankind. There. Now, before I get into the episode, let's just try and break something down there. A British expat living in Scotland. Hmm. You know Scotland's still in Britain, right? And even even if we go independent and leave the UK, we're still in Britain. Just wanted to clarify that. Um, I don't know if I'm missing something there. <laughs> and, um, yeah, if, for anyone unfamiliar with the Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five song, The Message, that certainly was the first line or two. You got that bit correct. So we've had Message, Push, Close, Edge. How many more words in that track? could um, lend themselves to discussing RPGs. Um, Jungle. Under. Keep. That's just from the chorus. Head. Actually, I'm not sure I'd want to listen to Andy talk about that for half an hour. Um, This is, you know... RPG tangential because what I want to talk about is the bizarre, maybe not so bizarre, parallels in my tastes and those of Andy Goodman of Expedition to the Grizzly Peaks. Now, (laughs) almost everything Andy mentions that he enjoys, that he loves, I'm right there with you, Andy. I'm listening to an episode he put out this morning. He talks about his love of Kermode. Just to clarify, that's Mark Kermode, the film critic, not a chair that you can poo in. Okay? Um, he talks about his obsession with Alan Moore and um, his, <laughs> his uh, dislike of the Watchmen movie. And of course, I had to stop listening to that episode because 
I haven't seen all of the Watchmen TV series, which is embarrassing because I really should have seen it by now. Um, we we were both uh, recommending albums on Facebook all through the lockdown. I stopped at 150. Andy's still going, but almost everything he posts up is music that I love. Um, his tastes in comedy. His <laughs> I don't know what is this. Am I writing a love letter? Um, what's wonderful about what Andy does as well is he expresses opinions very close to my own. <laughs> he's much more, I think he's much better informed about things in general. He speaks articulately, he speaks about things eloquently, and he's much bolder than I am when it comes to going to these uh, transgressive places. I'm all about pushing boundaries, but that that generally just goes on within my own mind. You know, I'm not out there ruffling feathers, as it were. I don't like upsetting people. I don't like to offend people. To a certain extent, my people pleaser, at least I spent a long, a large part of my life being a people pleaser. And I, you know, I consider that a weakness so to have this kind of brother from another mother <laughs> out there telling us what is to be done i i uh yeah i just really appreciate that and um uh, as far as the rpgs are concerned i think andy's very much embraced the gm side of things he wanted to get back into rpgs and he really took the ball by the horns. I have been paddling around the edge. So uh, um, that's certainly one reason why I think our RPG tastes are very different. Because he's in there much deeper than I am. But I am very much looking forward to playing in a Call of Cthulhu game that he's running. Uh, in just over a week's time, as I said previously, playing in one of his games... Is certainly on my bucket list. Uh, on an, on another note, things have really seemed to have picked up momentum for me, gaming wise. Um, I've really, although I've yet to run a full session of anything, I'm certainly gearing up for that. Things just seem to be coming together. My first game of Old School Essentials certainly seems to be playing a part in that sensation. And certainly, just that one session has, um, I don't know, it's almost like uh, suddenly things are coming into focus. I'm looking at other OSR rules and recognising what elements are doing in a way that I think was just a, almost like a game rule dyslexia. I'd look at a table of information and, you know, it's like it's just all dancing around and my brain is like, my brain kind of switches off, but suddenly things like that are being pulled into focus and uh, it's like finding the, suddenly finding the right pair of glasses. And because of that, I wanted to share a couple of messages I got from Dave, Dave Aldridge, Deeper Centile following that episode I did about playing OSE 
and the, the feelings that invoked in me. Hi, Spence. A bit of a rainy call in from me. I'm glad you enjoyed the first Old School Essentials session. I really enjoyed running it. I've only played, you know, I've only run the game a couple of times before. So um, it's, it's new for me. And, uh, yeah, with any new system, there are various habits that you need to get down, which I haven't, I haven't, got, I haven't got yet. Um, but I think you're getting a reasonably authentic experience. I mean, as with any new system and with me, I'm already mucking about with it a bit. So um, I've twisted the uh, the exploration scale a bit for what you're doing in these in these tunnels. Uh, I'm already regretting <laughs> maybe being a bit lenient with uh, various uses of flaming oil and sleeping uh, giant rats. But I'm sure I'll find a way of increasing the fatality level at some later stage. I was interested in what you were saying about having a, a kind of transcending, transcendent experience connected with something that uh, that transcends the uh, the particular game. And that's uh, yeah, I, I I think I understand that. That's definitely what I'm I'm trying to get into. I'm trying to connect with that BX experience. Um, and I wonder, really, if we were going to do that really authentically. I am denied about this. Someone said you're going to run the old modules. If you're going to do it really authentically, it might be worth playing, you know, into the unknown, keep on the borderlands or one of the X modules, Isle of Dread, um, to get a really kind of definitive experience. But I can't, I can't really do that. I always, as soon as I pick up an old module, I never just want to run it as written. I always want to twist and subvert it. But I did think about that, but I just, yeah, I, th I don't think I run ready written modules anymore. Because I think that's a, that's a missing piece in that transcending experience that the, you know, the way those modules are written and presented implies an additional amount about the sort of intended or definitive play style, which isn't there just in the rule sets. But as I say, I'm not going to do it. Interestingly, though, I do feel I know Keep on the Borderlands and Isle of Dread particularly well because I was involved in the fifth edition, or D&D Next, as they were calling it, playtest. And the modules they put out to playtest fifth edition were actually rewrites of uh, Keep on the Borderlands yeah, Keep on the Borderlands and Isle of Dread. Um, and I, I, I played through all of that material with a, with a gaming group um, and really enjoyed it. Amuses me, everyone on Anchor has to pause now and think whenever they say Keep on the Borderlands because you're blooming show. <laughs> we never know when we're supposed to be saying Keep on and Keep off. Um, but I hadn't done my... OSR homework when I was doing all that playtesting, but um, it is interesting that the playtest modules they decided to send out were a, were a B module and an X module. Um, there's obviously something about BX that the uh, the D&D Next or 5th edition designers were going for. Um, it just occurs to me now. Um, whether they succeeded in, in capturing any of that uh, I will leave to to other people to decide. Ah, <laughs> uh, a rainy holiday in Wales. That brings back some memories. Thanks for those calls, Dave. Um, I don't think you should be worrying about ramping up the fatalities there. I feel that we got very lucky with our dice rolls and um, 
the feeling that death is always close, just waiting around the corner. As for that transcendental feeling, I'm glad that you felt that you knew what I was talking about because uh, uh, it's good to know that I wasn't talking absolute nonsense or going off on a real flight of fancy. Uh, But tapping into that experience, uh, you mentioned using action modules from back in the day, but that, that feeling of almost immediately wanting to change what's there in the book. Don't you feel that is very much part of the ethos of the time? Using these modules, not to play through as written, but as um, a material to utilise to your own ends. Certainly that sense, every group interpreted these things differently. You know, no two groups played things in the same way. I'm sure that something of these modules will influence what we come up against and uh, so as far as keeping off the borderlands looks like I might not be heeding my own advice 